0: Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michael'sflooringoutlet.com. Here's a good idea: have a point, it makes it so much more
1: interesting for the listener.
0: Welcome back to Overnight America. Hey, thanks for staying up late with us this evening here on KMOX. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. Ryan's not on vacation. Like I said, he's last night. He's not like climbing the Himalayas or deep sea diving or anything like that. He's actually filling in for Mark Cox. He did this morning, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 97.1, our sister station. Uh, 97.1 FM talk, and he'll be doing that again tomorrow morning. So make sure that you check out how what Ryan sounds like in the morning, 97.1 from five to nine a.m. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'm sitting in, and we've gotten some uh, texts and some calls. One of the texts we got in, we were talking about the vaccine and and whether we can sue. Uh, whether people who have a negative reaction to the vaccine can file a lawsuit. Uh, We had one person text in saying that, I know I can't sue the vaccine makers because I'm not taking any of their experiments. So, uh, yeah, that's right. If you don't get the vaccine, you certainly can't sue. So uh, I don't think he's, uh, he's all that worried about it. Anyway, one of the things we're going to dive into, and by the way, if something's on your mind this evening, give us a call, 314-436-7900. If you want to send me an email I, uh, I always get emails when I'm sitting in for Ryan, and I always respond. Love hearing from listeners. My email address is at my law firm. It's Young B-Y-O-U-N-G, at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S as in Sam, D as in David, dot com. Email me at any time, and uh, I always respond. Love hearing from listeners. One of the things that uh, I kind of jumped to the top of of my interest list today was one of the statements that came out from President Biden. Uh, there, he was—you know—President Biden is fresh off of signing that 1.9 trillion dollar uh, coronavirus relief package, and apparently, he's looking at tax increases uh, to pay for some of those uh, expenditures. You know, that 1.9 trillion. You know that's 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 not uh, that's not money to sneeze at. That's a lot of money. So how are you going to make up for those expenditures, particularly when you look at? I think uh, in the year before the pandemic, the entire budget of the U.S. government was between three and four trillion dollars, and now we've given relief packages in the past year that have been almost the same as our normal annual budget. In addition to the normal annual budget for the federal government. So how are you going to make up for those expenditures? Well, that this is the clash of ideas that I always find fascinating because uh, if you raise taxes, there are consequences to that. If you cut taxes, there are consequences to that. So we're going to see over the next 12 months and, of course, Anyone knows what's going to happen. There's not going to be any tax cutting going on. But we're going to see what the effects are of raising taxes. And I'm going to break down some of this information for you, uh, in fact, this hour and as we move on through the show. But beforehand, I want to take some calls. Hey, uh, Barbara, thanks for calling in to KMOX.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, I know you're a lawyer, but I don't understand why the president of the United States would call uh, the Russian president a killer because we're supposed to get a nuclear arms agreement with him, and he wants a nuclear arms agreement with us. And then uh, North Korea, they love uh, the president of Russia, and so does Iran. And so I don't understand why he's causing you know, them to feel bad about the United States. Well,
0: I, I think it was the wrong play, but I, I think I know why he did it, Barbara, because right now Biden has a reputation for being kind of a softy when it comes to China and a softy when it comes to Russia. And so he is, uh, in fact, uh, President Bush 41 used much of the same tactics when people called Bush 41 a wimp and he would use stronger language to try to bolster his image. Right now, I think President Biden is just trying to bolster his image, particularly with Russia, because you got to understand for those who are Biden supporters on the left, they think Russia uh, elected President Trump. They think that the night that the 2016 election was rigged by a $100,000 advertising buy on Facebook. According to that logic, it changed the entire election and threw it in favor of President Trump. And so Biden's got to act tough when it comes to Russia. And I think you're seeing that.
1: Okay, understand what's going on now. Anyway, thank
0: you. Well, I appreciate you calling in. And, you know, as I was thinking about this issue today, I kind of thought if you really want to be tough, if you really want to be tough with uh, uh, with with Putin, you don't threaten him with President Biden. What you do is you threaten him with Andrew Cuomo and you say, listen, if you don't if you don't shape up, we're going to send Cuomo over there. He's going to take your women and he's going to lock you up in a nursing home. I mean, that's that. That Mike, he didn't like that, did you? He's shaking his head like that's a dad joke. Um, oh boy, uh, oh boy. But that's that's how you that's how you deal with uh, uh, with Russia's uh, Vladimir Putin. Hey, when we come back from this break, we're going to pick up some more of the phone calls. So if you've been if you're holding, stick around through the break, and we'll get you right after the break. Brad Young filling in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America on KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX welcome back to overnight america hey thanks for staying up late with us tonight uh thanks for calling in if you've got some thoughts or uh uh, comments on what we've been talking about this evening 314-436-7900 dusty's been holding a very long time thanks for holding dusty
2: oh yeah yes uh i had a uh comment on the vaccine and the gene therapy. Yes. Um, My daughter is a COVID nurse in New York and she's seen many deaths Mm. and many problems.
0: I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah, and we've been watching the doctors and some people don't get to see when the doctors are on other channels and stuff. They they come out against the vaccine Mm -hmm. and they said it's actually nothing but a gene therapy and that later on we're going to have some problems and, you know, things that we don't understand right now that could come up and be problems. And my daughter, she said she didn't want to take it. And uh, they told her she had to and she, or go home and mm-hmm. she told she's not going to take it because there's a lot of people don't want it. And my wife and I, we're, we're not going to take it because basically we're healthy. Um, it's like the flu. Sure, it's a bad case of flu. But... Uh, we're not going to take it. We don't believe in it.
0: Well, so. you know, and you know what, Dusty? That's absolutely, I uh, support, absolutely support your right. The government should not be allowed to forcibly stick needles in your arms. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. And I applaud you for taking that stand. I mean, I chose differently, but that's the beauty of freedom of choice. And uh, and for the folks who who want to say that you're somehow unpatriotic, I heard President Biden say today that you're unpatriotic, you're un-American if you won't get the vaccine. And I I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all, even though I chose to get the vaccine. Uh, But if you choose not to, that is your right. And I and I'm afraid of a government that's strong enough that they can come into your house and forcibly inject you right. with something. That's not the kind of government that I want.
2: Right. Well, if I may say so, I'm an 80-year-old man, and, and I'm basically healthy, and I, I'm not going to take it. My wife's not going to take it. So, I mean, I just wish people would really think about it. Um, if you've got health problems, maybe. But it's what it is is a glorified flu. So... I'm uh, that's the way we feel.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that, Dusty. Thanks for calling in.
2: Thank you very much.
0: All right. Take care. Uh, hey, John, uh, welcome to X What's on your mind this evening?
3: Well, I was going to talk about um, uh, a later subject you brought up, but uh, since the last call, I brought up uh, vaccines. And I, I agree that uh, government should not be able to uh, mandate and force having uh, very questionable vaccines uh, uh, put in your arms and your blood and every cell uh, of yeah,
0: your body. Exactly.
3: Uh, And I I think there's uh, uh, the two subjects I was going to bring up are related because uh, you won't get any kind of uh, alternative opinion uh from the media from the uh CDC the FDA uh, or any of them because they're uh, or the media because they've been bought off by hundreds of millions of dollars of drug advertising they're not going to bite their hand of the uh, drug companies that uh, and vaccine companies that uh, finance them nor the FDA and the uh uh CDC because they're funded by a very a heavy, richest man in the world, investor in the vaccines and the drug companies, uh, Bill Gates, uh, and uh, you won't hear any uh, dissenting opinion amongst uh, this this ocean of uh, propaganda in f- in favor of uh, very questionable vaccines or uh, anything having to do with. Uh, uh, questioning the demonization of Russia, China, uh, North Korea, L- Libya, Syria, Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, or any country that disobeys Washington, because that's the other big, uh, uh, big uh, uh, lobby that dominates our, our country, our media, and our government through. Uh, uh, uh so-called uh, uh altruistic donations to the media bill gates has uh, spent hundreds of millions of dollars to the cable and uh, uh broadcast uh, uh channels you can only find this sort of information about the big pharma lobby and the uh, military industrial uh, complex weapons makers lobby that dominates our media and, and government, and uh, real leftist uh, uh, alternatives, which are totally censored in this country, like Global Research, and uh, Information Clearing House, and a couple more of uh, very accredited economists, historians, and political scientists who never are interviewed on this ocean of uh, 1,500 right-wing stations. That dominate uh, the uh, yeah, U.S. media, owned by uh, uh, right-wing billionaires and peopled by uh, 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 right-wing uh, billionaire and millionaire propagandists like uh, limbo Glenn Beck, uh, and an endless uh, uh, parade of uh, people that dominate every inch of the country, Canada, and uh, and the continent. There is no left in this country. You can hear some of these kinds of uh, oppositional uh, points of view, never on that media.
0: John, I've got a I've got a question for you, John. Have you ever watched a television?
3: Uh, every day, we all do. <laughs> Three hundred million people, and all right. we have are our uh, one sided opinions. Sir. You're right,
0: John. You're, I, I, and, and in that point, I don't disagree with you. But if you've ever watched the evening news of any kind, it is it they are the the TV news, with the exception of Fox News, are lockstep in favor of supporting. They're, they're basically the, the public relations arm of the Democrat Party today. And so I don't know how you could ever assert that the left isn't being heard in America when literally every television network, with the exception of Fox News, is predominantly left of center. And that's been proven by every independent study that's ever been done looking at the type of bias that you find in network news. And yet you claim that the left isn't heard in America today? Seriously?
3: It is. Certainly not not heard. Uh, oh, my goodness. The, the, what about over the
0: last four years where you heard nothing but 100 percent negative information broadcast about President Trump? You don't think that was that was 100 percent pure left propaganda that was coming from the news media?
3: no the democrats are not left if you look at all the foreign policy they even try to be more right wing more uh uh warmongering against uh, russia china and, and any country around the world mm-hmm. that the united states uh, government is un- unable to control actually they they try to prove that they're more uh, right wing the democrats are more right wing in opposition to uh uh... any kind of accommodation with russia or china the idea that they uh... they opposed uh... trump that that's true but that's not left the uh... they have both been uh... adamant uh... supporters of the military industrial cia uh... complex and you'll never hear any kind of opposition to this uh... uh, really red-baiting against russia and china Ah, uh, which is really fills the air, uh, uh, whether they tilt a little bit Democrat or Republican, uh, since the uh, Vietnam War, uh, Johnson and Nixon have proved that. We're, well, hey John, uh, sh- I'm
0: gonna we're coming up here on a break, so I'm gonna have to let you go. But uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in this evening on Camo X. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, sir. What I wanted to make sure that I had some time to to explain. For folks, and I, and I let John talk a long time because I wanted you to hear this. This is a teachable moment. And I want to make sure that you grasp what you just heard from John. People like to think in America that politics is left or right. And that's the way it's portrayed in the media, and that the Democrats are left and the Republicans are right. Uh, right, meaning in terms of a direction, not right in terms of correct necessarily. So, what you just heard from John demonstrates that politics is not a line where you have someone in the middle, you have a centrist in the middle, and you have the liberals on the left, and you have the conservatives on the right. But in reality, political thought is a circle. It's a circle. Because what happens is when you get to the extreme right and you get to the extreme left, those two positions actually come together and would agree on about 90 percent of things. Let me give you several examples. Who are the, the political parties that, that, that primarily support no drug laws in America? You've got the far, light, far left and the far right who then connect. If you've got the, 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 the folks in America who are virulently anti-government, you've got the far left because they don't want the government, the far, far left, they'll want the government intruding on your life. And you got the far right and you saw those, those are the QAnon folks. And those folks meet because politics is a circle, not necessarily line, And John demonstrated that concept very, very clearly. I know we've gone a little bit long here. When we come back from the break, we're going to go through, speaking of, of politics, we're going to look at what President Biden wants in terms of tax policy. And if you've got some ideas on that or the coronavirus vaccine, love to hear it. 314-436-7900 here on Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. Uh, You know what? Ryan Wrecker's got the best job on the planet. This is a lot of fun. I love it when folks call in, we get to engage in ideas. And this is the fun part of talk radio, because I get to talk to you, you get to talk to me, we get to exchange ideas. We may agree, we may disagree, but it's that exchange of ideas for me that just is just a lot of fun. So thanks for having fun with us this evening and staying up late. Uh, John's got some ideas on his mind. Hey, John, welcome to Overnight America.
4: Oh, great show tonight. Thank you. Uh, Great, great fill in. That's for sure. I love Ryan Recker. Uh, I I think the left wing media actually control. I think the left wing controls more media than the right wing. Obviously, um, I I my problem is I'm a libertarian, so I don't have any say in a lot of it. But uh, definitely, I think I think the left wing controls a lot of things, and, and the whole cancel culture that that's just so wrong. It's out I of mean, control, I mean, John.
0: It's literally, it's out of control.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's like you don't have a voice on anything. If you do, they're going to cancel you. If you don't agree with the liberals, they're going to cancel you. It's over. So that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. No, 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 you're
0: not wrong. In fact, every single day we see... More and more examples of people who are who are being fired or people who are losing their jobs, people who are losing speaking opportunities uh, because something that they post on social media that goes against what the culture says is good and they get fired. Or there's all of a sudden there's a boycott called to try to get them off the air. I mean, that was tried against Rush Limbaugh for years. It never worked, but it still continues and it continues to this day. Every day, there is a new example. There is a there is a law professor, John, uh, from Cornell. His name is William Jacobson, and he uh, last year posted uh, when Black Lives Matter was first started to be protesting after the George Floyd's death, and uh, this William Jacobson, a uh, Cornell University School of Law posted on his blog the tenants of Black Lives Matter, took it directly from their uh, their documents saying what they believe, what they support, and what they believe in. And all he did was report what Black Lives Matter organization states is their founding principles. And there was a petition circled the the, the uh, law school at Cornell to get him fired. Uh, there was a vote to get him fired. And the president of the university even though he said we're not going to fire him, he never supported William Jacobson's right to freedom of speech. And it's outrageous that this cancel culture now is affecting all walks of life. Uh, and, and you've nailed it. It's, it's undoubtedly out there, and it's, it's really disturbing.
4: Yeah, and, and I'm a big Lincoln fanatic, and I love Lincoln. I think he was one of the greatest presidents the country ever had. And uh, uh, one uh, friend of mine sent me a a, a T-shirt that said, the Democrats haven't been this mad since we freed their slaves. I don't know if that's politically correct, but (laughs) you have
0: to. (laughs) Well, I I, I hear where you're coming from, John, and and the cancel culture is pervasive. I don't like it because I'm a free speech guy. In fact, one of the topics here in my stack of stuff to get to is talking about free speech. And I'm a strong, strong, strong opponent of free speech. And cancel culture says we are so uh, uh, we, we don't want to be disturbed by any belief, idea or thought that we disagree with. So we have to shield our ears and our eyes because we can't hear it. That is not what our culture uh, was built upon and uh uh, I just reject that type of philosophy.
4: Yeah, I think everyone should be allowed to, to say what they want to say, regardless if it's right or wrong. That's just the way it should be. So that's what our country is founded on.
0: John, we're in so. complete agreement. And I listen, whenever I talk to, because I tend to skew a little bit towards libertarian myself, but uh, I always like to tell, I've got a couple of friends of mine that are very strong libertarians, and I always tease them by saying that a libertarian is just a conservative that wants to smoke weed. Is there any truth to that? I
4: libertarianism, in my view, is like if it doesn't affect me personally, I don't care. If you want to go have an abortion, that doesn't affect me. I'm not a woman. Uh, As long as you're not like trying to take my property and as long as you have a job Mm -hmm. and not rely on the government, that's libertarianism.
0: I I hear you, John. Hey, John, I appreciate you calling in this evening. Thank you. All right. Have Thank a good you. evening, and uh, appreciate you calling in. Hey, Ron, you've, you've got an opinion on cancel culture, don't you, Ron?
4: Uh, yes, uh, you might have read in your history book something about the 1950s blacklisting.
0: Oh, absolutely. With, Mac- with, uh, m- with McCarthyism and where people in Hollywood, if they were if they were uh, uh, thought to be a part of of the Communist Party in any way, then they weren't allowed to make movies. They weren't allowed to be actors. Uh, they weren't allowed to be writers or directors. Is that what you're talking about?
4: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That that's what it's about, it, that the same thing, I think, that parallels what happened then is now and even in the 1930s in Nazi Germany what did you have you had book burnings
0: well you know what's fascinating to me Ron on that idea is is that uh, uh, some of my very liberal friends for in, in the decades past they would always bring up mccarthyism as something that's terrible that people were being punished because of their political beliefs and they were being punished in hollywood because they were being sought out by these These arch conservatives in the 1950s who were on the hunt for communists and people were punished for expressing their thoughts, beliefs and ideas. But isn't that exactly what we're seeing now from those who are predominantly from the left, canceling anyone that expresses a conservative or a libertarian idea?
4: Exactly. Yeah. And and again, in Nazi Germany, they were burning books that didn't agree agree with the party line of uh, Germany.
0: Oh, no one would uh, would burn books today. No one would cancel books today, Ron. What do you? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Doctor Seuss has been canceled. Right, they take him out of the library. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Because now uh, Doctor Seuss is apparently verboten. You can't uh, you can't read some Doctor Seuss books now, for goodness sakes.
4: That's right. Okay, that's my comment.
0: Hey, I appreciate you calling in, Ron. Thank you. And Ron, Ron makes a good point, and. Uh, Uh, What are your thoughts on this cancel culture thing that we're seeing a lot of? I mean, I have often made those comparisons to McCarthyism because it's punishing people for the expression of their ideas. And to me, that's un-American. You know, right now, if Ann Coulter goes to California and speak at a college campus, they set cars on fire. Because, oh my goodness, we can't hear from Ann Coulter. Her opinions are so objectionable that we have to set cars on fire and break windows to, to express our displeasure at hearing something that we don't want to hear. How absurd and ridiculous is that? And, uh, and it's happened. And you even look at, at Jerry Seinfeld, okay? Jerry Seinfeld, hilarious comedian. He certainly isn't a conservative. Uh, uh, his political beliefs are skew way to the left. But he said multiple times he can't tell a joke on college campuses today because people will riot in the streets if he tells jokes on a college campus. So he's had to cancel any of his appearances on college campuses today because of cancel culture. Because of this wokeness that's coming across America and preventing the expression of ideas. Listen, if Jerry Seinfeld says a joke and you don't like it, you've got a very good economic response to that. You leave. You can vote with your feet. Or if you know he's going to say something you don't want to hear, you don't buy a ticket. Okay? If Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comes to St. Louis and is selling tickets for her speech, I'm not going. Okay? but I'm not going to set cars on fire to protest her speech. I'm just not going to go hear it. And yet that concept is somehow being lost in America today, and I just don't understand why. Maybe Don can help straighten me out. Hey, Don, welcome to Camel X.
1: Hey, uh, thanks for for having me on. I appreciate the time. I um I was listening to the definition of a libertarian, And I think I might be a libertarian, but uh, a (laughs) (laughs) constitutional
0: libertarian. Okay, so you're talking about my uh, humorous definition of a libertarian as a conservative (laughs) that wants to smoke weed, so is that...
1: (laughs) I I wouldn't go necessarily that far, not that I have anything against that. Well, listen,
0: Don, on advice of counsel, I would caution you about uh, confessing to anything on the air (laughs) that may be, potentially be, or could possibly be defined as illegal activity.
1: Do you think Joe Biden would knock on my door?
0: <laughs> well, um, you know, Bill Clinton uh, said he didn't inhale, so uh, I, he, I not, guess uh, it was okay for yeah, him.
1: He said something else. Yeah, I don't know uh, he said was. a lot uh, of so, things. <laughs> hey, um, you were talking about burning books. Um, you know, we really don't have as many books that we could burn anymore. You know, people don't use books. Uh, people use computers. People use tech. It there, There's your control of uh information. It's you know, people use their phones, they use their computer. They don't need to burn books anymore. They just control the media, control what's out there, yeah.
0: Don, you 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 are so correct when you make that statement. Because think about right now, all the people who are being tossed off of off of social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, they are virtually and almost uniformly 100% either Republicans or conservatives or Christians. And all of those definitions don't necessarily overlap. But virtually 100% of that is being focused against Christians, conservatives, and or Republicans. And there's no one being thrown off of social media for being too liberal. That's not happening. No, uh, no, not at all. That's not happening at all. You know, who's that comedian? Uh, I forgot her name now. Uh, it'll come to me in a moment. But the female comedian who uh, who got in trouble because she was uh, she took a, a head that looked like Donald Trump and she bloodied it. Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin. And she, although she lost concerts because of, of doing that. Social media never punished her. She was never kicked off of Twitter. She's still on YouTube. Uh, there's, there's Nazi propaganda on on Twitter. But, you, uh, but apparently if you question whether the vaccine is safe or not, you get kicked off of social media. That's outrageous.
1: Oh, for sure. Do you mind if I share? Um, I, I don't want to try to plug my own product or anything. And I won't do that. But, but well, hang on a second. Um, hey,
0: Don, we're coming up yeah. on a break here, so why don't you okay. hold on for just a moment? Yeah, we're going to take a break you. and uh, and uh, we'll we'll come back here. You're listening to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Wrecker. We'll be right back. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX, sponsored by Michaels Flooring, the flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. Having a great time exchanging ideas on 1120 AM KMOX. One of the ideas I was talking about before we received some phone calls, always love phone calls. If you've got something on your mind, love to hear it. 314-436-7900. Call or text. One of the things I was talking about was how is the federal government going to pay for uh, this this COVID bailout package. And by the way, I just uh, I just got some I just got some texts in. I want to read some of these before I get back to some of the news of the day. One of the texts I received was, "I wish the liberals would cancel themselves." Uh, well, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, we can uh, we can always wish for good. Th- I wish for hair too, but we can wish for big things. Uh, another text. And if you are extolling the virtues of Fox News, you, sir, are also off your rocker. I don't think I ever extolled the virtue of Fox News. What i The only time I mentioned Fox News tonight was when we had one caller say that all of the media was right-wing. And I said, with the exception of Fox News, most of the other mainstream television news organizations are to the left of center. That's the only mention I think I said of uh, Fox News this evening. So... Uh, Another folk, uh, another person said anyone who thinks uh, coronavirus is a glory, a glorious flu is plain stupid. So, you know what? Everyone's entitled their opinion. Uh, And while I think it's certainly more serious than a glorified flu, uh, I am adamant that uh, I don't believe that the government has the power or the authority to force you to get a vaccine to hold you down, strap you down without due process of law and jab a needle into your arm. And yet there are folks who are advocating that today and they are wrong. One of the other things that's being advocated, certainly from the Biden administration, is how are we going to pay for this coronavirus? How are we going to pay for all of these social programs? Are we going to pay for that giant money cannon that's shooting money out of Washington, D.C.? How are we going to do that? Well, President Biden's Uh, press secretary said this today, his priority, his meaning President Biden's priority and focus has always been on people paying their fair share and also focusing on corporations that may not be paying their fair share either, unquote. Well, my question, Mr. President, is this, how much is a fair share? I mean, we always hear the left saying that, Americans have to pay their fair share, but we never have a definition of what that fair share actually is. What is it? Give me a number. Give, tell me what a fair share is, because what we see is the moving of the goalposts. Because if you tell me that, well, you need to be paying 35 percent of your income as taxes. Well, if everyone who, who's in the top 25 percent of wage earners pays 35 percent, then the number is going to move to 40 percent then the number is going to move to 50%. So that's my biggest problem with that squirrely saying that Americans need to pay their fair share because we never get a definition as to what that fair share actually is. What does that amount to? And let me give you three quick numbers here. Since 2001, the federal income taxes paid by the top 1% of wage earners went from 32% to 40%. So right now, 40% of all federal income taxes are paid by the top 1%. 40% of all taxes paid by 1% of earners. Is that a fair share? According to Biden, that's not. 50% of the top, the top 50% of all taxpayers pay 97% of all individual income taxes. So the top 50% of wage earners pay 97% of taxes. Is that a fair share? And if it isn't, why are you saying we need to pay more of our fair share if paying 97% of all income taxes for the top half of wage earners apparently is not enough? Uh, Boomer's got a thought on how to deal with federal spending. Hey, Boomer, welcome to Camel Wax.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think the fair tax uh, book that was put out, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, has it right on... Nailed it right on the head. Everybody pay, pays a consumption tax, basically. Not a value-added tax, but a fair tax. Even the drug dealers would pay tax. Even the legal immigrants would pay, t- pay tax. Even uh, people that work for cash would pay tax. Right now, we're missing a whole lot of potential revenue for the government, and it wouldn't decrease the uh, desire to work hard.
0: Well, Boomer, I think you're talking. Are you talking about the book that Neil Bortz wrote back in 2006, yes. the Fair yes. Tax Book?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, he
0: he. I've heard him speak many many times uh, about how you could do that, and yet that doesn't get any traction. And there's one reason why. Do you know why his ideas get no traction?
1: The politicians he, lose their power.
0: Um, man, Boomer, you beat me to the punchline, man. I was gonna make the punchline. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. What were you gonna say? I didn't say anything. <laughs>
0: You are 100% right. It's all about power. And if you have the power to decide who pays taxes and who doesn't pay taxes, you have the ultimate power in Washington, D.C. So it's not really about money at the end of the day. It's about power. And, it, and when you trade money from one group to another, it's about shifting power from one group to another.
1: I like you, Brad. You ought to be on more often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, of course you do, because we agree. <laughs> yeah,
1: Ryan and I, I think, I think we agree too. Good,
0: excellent. Hey, yeah. we're coming up here on a hard break, boomer. So I'm going to have to let you go. But uh, thanks for calling in tonight.
1: Have a good night.
0: Appreciate it. You too. Hey, when we come back from the break, I'm going to continue this idea. How much is a fair share? Maybe you can tell me. I keep hearing the the Democrats tell me. Uh, that I should be paying my fair share. I know how much I pay. I write a check every month for my fair share. What should it be? You tell me. 436 on KMOX Overnight America. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours